Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Um, so I think when our culture thinks about the name of Jesus, that's their imagination. That's what they think about. Uh, something to emote and they're feeling strongly about something. Um, and sadly, even inside the kingdom, that's some of our perception sometimes is when things, when it's crunch time and things aren't going well, it's Jesus, you know, where are you? Or when we're excited, it's, it's, it's Jesus. But we, we miss, I think, sometimes some of the substance of who he is and what he offers us. That's what we've been talking about this month in talking about his name, the things that are available to believers in his name. Um, we're going to wrap that up today with this idea that there has been much in his name and there's still more that, to glean even than we have time to look at this morning or this month. But turn to Colossians with me, if you will, chapter 3. I'm going to be in Colossians 3 and Philippians chapter 2 in just a moment. And I want us to see today these things that we can glean from these two passages, Colossians 3, 15 to 17. First of all, so we're going to look. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, two, two things today I want to glean from this first passage in, in Colossians 3. And the first is this. The name of Jesus is always connected to his word. The name of Jesus is always connected to his word. Look at verse 16 again. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Paul is telling the Colossians here and telling us this morning, the word of God should have a dwelling place in us, a place of comfort where the word of God feels at home in us, where it's found an ally. Then he adds the word richly, meaning that it not only has found a home within us, but it's done so in abundance, meaning that it has taken up residence in us and has control of every corner of our lives. I wonder if that's the importance the scripture has in your life. Does it have that place of prominence? Is it a priority for you or for your family? I, I've shared with you before, many, many were the nights that my mom would walk by my bedroom door on her way to bed. She was always the last in bed. Stick her head in my door, bedroom door and say, son, have you been in the word today? And if I had, I'd give her the thumbs up. If I haven't, the covers would go off. I'd get back up, sit down at my desk and get in the word for a little bit before I went to sleep. But I, that was, that was uh, rich accountability that my mom was sewing into me to, to say, this needs to be a priority in your life. If it is, your life's going to make more sense. If it's not, it's not. Uh -oh. If we're going to live and walk out our faith journey in the name of Jesus, his word is going to have to be 
a rich priority for us. Uh, we want to have to have a rich connection to it. I wonder if that could be the missing link in your life, becoming all God intended for it to be and all that you dreamed for it to be. If that link could be my time in his word and, and the making sense of the things that I can't make sense of otherwise without it. But the name of Jesus is always connected to his word. Secondly, the name of Jesus should be the focus of our service. It should be the focus of our service. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do in word or deed. Words and deeds are things people see. They're the, the evidence of what's inside of us. So if the word is dwelling in us richly, folks are likely to see those kinds of things as well. Uh, that's likely what, what people are going to see. If it's not, then they're going to see whatever it, it is in us, and we're allowing that to find that dwelling place, uh, find dwelling in us. So why do I say that? Because we're going to find ourselves serving what we're committed to. In essence, we're going to find ourselves brand loyalist to something or someone, always. Um, there probably hadn't been two days or three days in our marriage, in Leanne and I's marriage, that you couldn't go to our house. And if there was ice cream in the refrigerator, it's Mayfield's. It's just as simple as that. She won't buy anything but Mayfield. Oh, they're good ice creams besides Mayfield's. Don't get me wrong if you have another favorite. Don't, don't stop using it. But hers and ours is Mayfield's. And so it don't matter whether every other ice cream brand is $3 a gallon, Mayfield's is $16 a gallon. She's going to buy Mayfield's every time. She's a brand loyalist to Mayfield's. And, and with good reason, it's good ice cream. But I wonder if, wonder what our words and deeds are saying about what we're loyal to, what we're committed to, what, what brand we're writing for, what our brand loyalty looks like. Is it the name of Jesus or the name of something else or someone else? As we're going to see in a, in a minute, we're going to be standing before him one of these days, and we're going to do that having pointed people to him or not, or, or pointing people to something else. Uh, life's too short to waste on things that are going to burn up. It's, it, it's just too short. We need to be found doing all we are doing, our words and deeds, in the name of Jesus, living a life of service to him. I turn to Philippians chapter 2 over a few pages in the scriptures backwards. In chapter 2, I want us to look at verses 5 through 11 together today of Philippians 2. It says this, In your relationships with one, with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is, that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, a couple of takeaways from this passage. The first is this, is the name of Jesus is a picture of humility. It's a picture of humility. Look with me again at verse 8. And being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humility is such a fleeting virtue in the selfie world of virtual fame that we find ourselves living in today. It's such a rarity to find humility. The desire to be known is greater than it's ever been, and yet the prescribed meds for anxiety and depression are greater than they, they have ever been. And, this, and the suicide rate is growing drastically among those under 25 years of age. So what is that evidence of? It's evidence that humility and selflessness and no one knowing who we are or who we were is not only not practiced anymore, it's not even on our radar screen in our culture. Humility isn't. If there's anyone who shouldn't have to practice humility, it was Jesus. But yet, verses 6 to 7 tell us that in every way he was God in the flesh, yet humbled himself to the point of being subject to betrayal, being subject to, to ridicule, to humiliation, and death. And he says there even death on the cross, and there was, there was no more humili humiliating death than that of the cross. Uh, you were hung there, many times ne totally naked or almost naked, and allowed to, he wasn't because he was, all the beatings that, that he took, he, he died rather quickly in a matter of hours, but sometimes guys will hang on the cross for days at a time, wasting away as, as passers-by and your, your townsmen and townspeople come by uh, shouting at you, at some of your guilt at, at, back at you. And it was a humiliating death, and, and that was what he was subject to, even death on the cross, he says here. In verse 5, admonishes us, encourages us to live that same way, without complaining, without whining, without feeling entitled to more. And we should be as well teaching humility to our kids and to their kids and to their kids. If we want to model who he was and what he was about, he was a picture of humility. So finally, the name of Jesus not only is a picture of humility, it's a picture of authority. Look at verses 10 and 11. That is at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and let every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a picture of authority. Paul takes, describes two actions here in these two verses. Uh, the first is this. The first is physical, and the second is verbal. First, we physically go to our knees and bow our bodies before him, speaking to the yielding of our power, the yielding of our control, the yielding of our will to him physically. Second, our, our mouths verbally confess his lordship, his authority, speaking to what's in our minds and what, what is going on according to our will. Now, both of these are acts of submission, where we are willingly yielding control of all we are, all we want, all we have to him, to his lordship. And the word Lord literally means master, ruler, or supreme authority. Now, this is not just a picture Paul is painting of what should be done, but a prophetic picture also of what will be done in Revelation 5. Listen to that passage with me, verses 11 to 14. Then I looked and heard a voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the, and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in him saying, 
To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. For we're living creatures said amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So that's not only something we should do, it's something that we will do. It's submitting to his lordship, his authority, to his control is now a matter of choice, but will then be a matter of collective worship together uh, where we are falling on our knees before the king because we, none of us will be able to stand. So are we willing to recognize his authority, his name, now or later or both? Can I give you some advice? Let's yield now. Let's bow now and later and every time in between. If we learn to bow ourselves before him and, and, and yield ourselves before, before him daily, we'll start to see a side of him and a side of us that we've not seen before. Simply because our, our pious culture, our, our culture wants to, to, to validate who we are by what we do or what we own or who we know. And our, our, our validation comes from the risen Lord today, from his authority and our being subject to that, to him. As we've seen throughout these last few weeks, much is offered to the Christ follower in the name of Jesus. We've talked about the cleansing that the name of Jesus brings, about how it sets us apart, about how it puts us in right standing, about how it offers us life, how it offers us strength, how it offers us healing, how it is the source of the gospel, the source of salvation, how it is, how it is tied to his word this morning, to our service this morning, to our humility and to his authority. The question then begs, are you tapping into all that's yours in his name? Are you tapping into all that's yours in his name? Well, the more we learn to embrace all that we have in his name, the bolder the use of his name becomes to us. Uh, and I've found perhaps you have as well. And the use of the word God, the use of the word Father, sometimes even the use of the word Lord is tolerated as, as a, a gen generic reference to whatever folks, folks want to believe. When you start using the name Jesus, something different starts to happen. It's a, it's a polarizing term. And probably rightfully so. Scripture talks about <clears throat> in these days, or in those days, which is the days I believe we're living in, the sheep will be divided from the goats, the wheat from the chaff. I believe that division is, is settling itself in and on and around the name of Jesus. I really do. I believe the more we voice it in our culture, the more our culture takes a position and a stance of, you're one of those radicals, aren't you? To which we probably should answer, yes, I am. Rather than, I don't know, what do you mean by that? Define that for me. Uh, it is, the world is getting less and less gray and more and more black and white. I used to think that that, that was not a wise thing for the church to be a part of. The older I get, the smarter that becomes to me. The wiser mm -hmm. it becomes to me. The more it becomes to me a, a, a sense of, our walking out our faith journey in the sense that it is clear evidence of who we belong to, who we worship, who we know, who, who our relationship is with. And when the name Jesus is uttered, 
And the name Jesus is brought to bear. It is brought to bear in, 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 the, in the sense that uh, it is beyond just a, a verbal commitment for us. It is this yielding, it, it, it is this bowing before his authority and confessing him as Lord. Hope that's something that we willingly can do today, not something that has to be forced or something that just happens inside these four walls, but something we can willingly do tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. Because the name of Jesus brings the things we looked at. It brings healing. It brings encouragement. It brings power. It brings sustenance. It brings humility. It brings all those things. And the more we walk, more clearly walk that out in our culture, the greater evidence there is to our faith in him. And more that needs to be brought to bear in our life and in our culture, in our world. Let's pray. Father, it's in your name that we come to you declaring the fact that we are nothing apart from you. We hold nothing of value. We are nothing of value and know nothing of value apart from you. But in you, we have it all. In you, we have all we'll ever need. Because in you, in your name, is salvation. In your name is power. In your name is healing. In your name is protection. Would you give us the courage to walk, walk out those things to be true? Not just something we read occasionally from your word or hear from a pulpit on Sunday, but something that's lived out in our life, that, that we are loyal to that brand, and you are our brand. You are who we want to bring to bear. You are who we want others to see and know and, and learn to trust as well. If that faith journey of ours takes no one with us, it's been no good to us or anyone else. But if our faith journey and our, our declaring of our, our belonging to Jesus brings others along the path with us, helps others realize their lostness, helps re help others realize that they are disconnected from the body and that eternity is brought to bear, would you give us the significance of that daily witness, those daily conversations day after day, where we, people we run into at the bank, at the grocery store, at work, can know who our loyalty is to, can, know, can see clearly who we serve and who we belong to and be drawn to the Jesus in us. Give us that desire to walk out those things and as we looked at this morning, walk them out in humility. Humility is such a rare thing in our world. It sticks out when someone becomes humble in this culture. So teach us the, the, the value of humility and the value of, of uttering your name above all else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.